0: But when I look at the whole challenge that I want to give to you all that I felt, I woke up the other morning and I just felt challenged. I want to encourage you to be a disturber. So here's the scripture. Let me get back to this. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41 and 42. When he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. And he said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me one single hour? Stay alert. Be in prayer so that so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing where you're you're in danger, there is part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God, and there's another part that's so lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. Peter, do you want to be a disturber? You need some time to just take it, give it a break but I got a feeling we got to get ready for some disturbing. Disturbing is when people talk to us. So I woke up and I had these three questions, but I want you to remember this statement. You're going to hear a lot. I am not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from desiring what means everything. I heard somebody say that some time ago, and I kind of dressed it up a little bit to be my own. I, I am not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing, keep me from desiring what means everything. The first of the three questions I want to ask you is, the first one is this, what's your dream? What is your dream? When I was a kid, he got saved at 15, then it came time to go to college. I wanted to go to college, play football and wrestle. When I was 15, the Lord started to teach me to pray Luke 2.52, that Jesus grew with wisdom and, and with favor with God and man. I'm going to tell you that Pastor Casey, his word that he spoke yesterday was powerful. I would like those slides because when I get done, they're going to think I'm really smart. But that was, I'm going to tell you, the essence of what God wants us all to leave here with. That we actually miss opportunities. That gentleman that was sitting next to me, I could have missed an opportunity to be corrected. miss an opportunity to say, hey, get the best out of it. Missed the opportunity because I asked him this. I said, what did you get out of my talk? My sharing. He said, best fit. He said, the second thing I got was when you said about weight. I want to share with you this weight. I said, what I do is weight. I said, have you ever heard of that, sir? He said, no. I said, this is what it means. Spell it, I wrote it on my book. W A W A I T. Why am I talking? I said on the back of my phone, do I have it? On the back of my phone, I have inscribed on my phone is this. Two things I'm working on in 2020. One is maturity means not everything needs my opinion to be said. The second thing is, wait, why am I talking? When we look at this whole thing about the dream I want to encourage you is, what is your dream? You're going to find it when you start to see the favor of the Lord and stop passing up opportunities, stop talking so much, and stop and look and see what the Lord, look for the handprint of God. It really comes for you and I. Seth, who's the inner city minister where we live, he came in and talked to me, and he said this to me. He said, Pastor, I guess the devil's in the details. I said, "I, I just refuse to listen to that junk. I said, this is what I'll tell you, Seth is that the dream is in the details. The favor of God is in the details. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Is my response, God, that the, the details is in the dream that you've given me and the dreams that I live with, is it that kind of disturbance you want to do in my life? He wants to disturb us. The other morning, I'm dreaming of what I'm going to do when I stop, when I make a shift. That guy was almost prophetic. He never asked me what I did, do for a living. When I make a shift of what I'm doing, it's actually shifting to do passion at a different place, a different opportunity. When it really comes down to shift. So Pam and I talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. The Holy Spirit spoke to both of us the other morning and said, stop chasing tomorrow and cherish today. What Pastor Philip was saying was, stop, stop, stop chasing tomorrow. chase and cherish today. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Behold, the angel of the Lord came and appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for which she has conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph had a dream, and the angel said about... when we look at this whole thing, what is the Lord disturbing you about? What's been birthed? What's the dream been in you? John four four. Jesus said, "I must need go and spread." What's the need that God has birthed within you? Why is that? It is this: I am not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from desiring what means everything. Are you a disturber? Number two question: Who's your team? Matthew chapter 23, verse 1, 11 and 12, Message Bible. Do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant. Those are the disturbers. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. How many of you have had the wind knocked out of you and was bigger than an unsigned letter? Had, anybody had the wind knocked out of you? But if you're content to simply be yourself, I used to ask speakers, your life will count for plenty. I used to ask speakers who would come to IBC, I'd ask them afterwards, I'd stop them, fight him on the sidewalk, get, catch him before they got to the car. And I said to him, sir, can you ha- I'd like to ask you one question, ma'am, I'd like to ask you one question. What advice would you give to a young guy to start out in ministry? What advice would you give me? This one guy said it, I can't tell you who it is, not that it's a secret, I can't remember his name. But he said this to me, I was 19 years old. He said, be who you is, because if you is who you ain't, you ain't who you is, so be who you is. And he got in the car and left. <laughs> be who you is, because if you is who you ain't, you ain't who you is, so be who you is. Three things about your team. This is practical thought. Acceptance. Matthew chapter 18. I want to encourage you to forgive because for, at the, enemy, the enemy of acceptance is unforgiveness. Some of us, is, I've been in the same place for 35 years. I've hired a lot of people. I've had to fire a few. I never really fired anybody. They fired themselves. I just accepted the fact they didn't want to work there anymore. And so when, when it comes down to it is accept it. Who is your team? Who is your team? What is your dream? Are you dreaming? You're a disturber. The second one is who is your team? acceptance forgiveness don't hold on the next person what you really didn't couldn't stand of the last person we got to come to the place where we forgive people there was a lady to quit our church I can't believe it who wouldn't want to quit and not? she would sit in the third row at center aisle and uh, she quit coming so I called her Pam called her some of the staff never heard from her never heard from her never heard from her we were at uh, Sam's she was part of our volunteer team she was part of the team We were at Sam's. Pam and I were. It's Friday. We take off Friday. We start Thursday afternoon. Friday, Saturday. Sometimes we do stuff. Most uh, our staff usually gets off um, a day and a half to two days a week. Sometimes they get two and a half days off. And uh, was walking through there pushing a cart. Uh, The woman saying comes this lady hits the thing and she looks at me, and I said, "Hey, how you doing?" It was that lady, the middle lady, third row. And I said to her, I said, how are you doing? She said, good. She said, you don't remember my name. Now, has anybody ever told you? My mind started to rake. Who is this lady? And I said to her, let me me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What's the first initial, of your first name? Because I'll grab it. Give me a little grace. I haven't seen you for three years. She said to me, you don't remember my name, Sal Hantos. You don't remember my name. (laughs) I said, you don't remember mine either. It's Hal Santos, not Sal Santos. (laughs) So it's real simple. Acceptance. Who's on your team? Volunteer and paid. The second one is balance. How do you balance the whole time when they don't agree with you? How do you balance the whole issue when it comes to taking place? Craig Rochelle said this. When you delegate tasks, you create followers. When you delegate authority, you create leaders. When we look at this whole balance, it's the whole balance. So it's acceptance, it's, it's balance. I'd love to talk about this privately if anybody wants to. And uh, the third one is communication. What is the communication you're giving to people? How are we saying things? What is the task? What is the things we're being about? Who is the whole process? Let me give you the third, the third point, the third question. The third question is this. Here's the next. Let me give you my thought again. I am not gonna let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me, are you with me? Keep me from desiring what means everything. I am not, I am not gonna let anything that ultimately means nothing. Did it really mean all that? Was it worth it for you to be so right? Was it worth it, that argument with your wife? Was it worth it, that argument with your husband? Was it worth it? I am not. I am not. Third question, where is the seed? The seed is you. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance. What is your hand, Moses? a staff. Throw it down. I throw it down. Where are you going to get another staff at? Jesus Jesus proclaims and he says this. The woman caught in adultery, why are you casting stones at her? Because each one of us has something in our life. I want to challenge you about you. About me. I pray that you get disturbed. Disturbed of where you're at. Hosea, Hosea 10 says break up the fallow ground. I want to challenge you on being disturbed. Being disturbed. Each one of us People know us publicly. There's a lot of people who know you publicly. The second one is maybe there's a few friends that you have, and I encourage you to do it, that know you privately. But the one that destroys people is when they don't let the Lord disturb their hidden man that nobody knows about. Some time ago, I talked to a minister friend of mine, and I said to him, Hey, uh, he, asked, he wants to be accountable. So I talked to him a little bit, meet with him every once. In a while. We talked to him. It's not a whole lot of time. It's not a needy thing. Every once in a while, just talk to him. And I said to him, "What are you hiding?" Well, "I'm not hiding anything." "No, what are you hiding?" "Everybody in here is hiding something." "What are you hiding?" Only to find out, months and months later, he was hiding. He was hiding. Who do you have in your life? That, can dis- that you will let disturb you and be able to ask you, what are you hiding? It's all nice to have these fuzzy, nice relationships, and I love them. I love them. The reason why I came here is because of relationships. But I want to challenge you this. Who can ask you the tough questions? I've met some ministers like you and I. Like you and I. I wouldn't tell them anything. I listened to a world-renowned minister, and he said this after his fall. If I could have met somebody that loved Jesus Christ more than me, I would have been accountable to them. That is the biggest lie I've ever heard. Because that means that you didn't even listen to Jesus when he was trying to stop you. But we self-deceive, and then we self-remove ourselves out. I want to encourage you, who is the friend that the relationship That the relationship is not more important than the truth. Close thought. Jesus said the truth will set you free. He did not say it was painless. And my whole talk today, my whole 30 minutes is around this. How is it standing with you? Can we ask the Holy Spirit to disturb us so much? Who are you bitter towards? Who do you resent? Who are you letting control your past? Who is the person that finally left your church and you're so glad they left or your mission? Oh, I'm so glad they got moved. Thank you, God, you delivered me. And 10 more showed up just like them. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm trying to get that hidden thing out of your life. What is the hidden place in your life that you are saying this? God, move me. Give me that. Well, I wish I could find a friend. Give it a chance. Ask somebody, will you be friends enough with me to call me or to talk to me and to share with me? I was asking this one guy, I was saying over and over again some years ago, and he fell. I asked him, why were you hiding? I didn't want somebody to find out. God knew, and he's saying the bridge is out. I am not going to let anything that will that that will ultimately mean nothing. Keep me from desiring what means everything. Let's stand. I meet with four guys to pray on Thursday mornings. Four pastors, two speaking tongues, me and this other guy. Yay. The other two guys don't believe in those gifts. I'm glad. But we look at each other and we ask questions. If one of us blow it, there was four of the guys asking questions. "Hello. Do you have anyone in your life? The gospel cannot make it with us having two lives. I mean, it'll make it, but you understand what I mean? It won't, it'll be in your life. He talks about his grandfather, a guy drugged down the aisle. I say that very respectfully. He went to the better place, tears in his eyes. I'm going to tell you what, we pass up favor of these signs all the time because we're hiding something within us. We're hiding something within us. And I believe that God is calling the body of Christ a prophetical word to the body of Christ in the brokenness. Not feel sorryness. Not I've been beat upness. I've been burntness. Somebody told me one time a guy called me said I've been so hurt at this church. Welcome to life. What do you want me to do? I told my mom one time. I said to her, I t- "My grandmother said to me, 'How do you like? How's your uh, people job going?'" I said, "Granny, sometimes it just kicks my hind end." She said, "Sometimes you get a hanging there like a hair in a biscuit, and hung up the phone." She tells me I grow. Out of, you know, out of whatever, a flower. Now she tells me, I want to tell you, who asked you this? Who asked you? And I want to hold you accountable. You hold me accountable. Who asked us?" I looked at a guy across the desk. I said, if you do this, you are taking your wife, your kids, your grandkids, and I will come to your house, and I'll rip that stinking door off, and I'll drag your hind end out in the yard, and I will kick your hind end. You cannot do this. We need to be disturbed. It's not okay for me to be bitter or hurt towards Pastor Math. It is not okay with God. It is just not okay. He does not say this is what I plan for eternity. For me not to like Matthew. He expects more out of us. I will not give up ultimately what means everything to me. For something that means nothing. It means nothing. Who calls our hand to say, are you taking rest? Who calls us and says, have you stopped lately? Have you stopped? Who called and said, how are you spending your money? Who called? Where are you spending your time? What are you watching on TV? One of the guys, Pastor Doug, called me at 1 o'clock in the morning. One time in a year he calls me. He's the theologian among us. And he says to me, I have a question for you. What are you watching right now? My eyelids. <laughs> but I'm glad you called. Because a cable company just wants my money. (laughs) Who is the person in your life? I am not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from desiring what means everything. I just want to thank Pastor